Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 10.30 and 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc slash live. I hope you enjoyed this message. Woo! Come on, Freedom House! Man, y'all are some good-looking people. I mean, so good-looking on a Saturday. Saturday? Is that what... Man, that, see, that's what happens over Christmas break. I lose, I lose track of the days. Anyway, Saturday. Welcome to Freedom House on Saturday night. If you have not seen what you're about to see, I'm just going to tell you, it fires me up. We are going to have a five-on-five five series. For those of you that haven't been here, we've got five speakers. That Guess how many minutes they have? Five. And look, here's the crazy thing. They need you. The more you participate, the better it is. The more they get fired up. And look, five minutes, I can barely say my name in five minutes. So they've got, they've got a lot of speaking to do in a short period of time. These messages are unbelievable. But let me tell you what's going to happen right now. So each speaker is going to have five minutes. And then at, when they have one minute, they will see this beautiful sign. Thank you, Daniel. Then with 30 seconds, that's when the tension starts to mount, and they see this beautiful sign, giving them 30 seconds. And then at 10 seconds, they will see the countdown, which will be right behind me one of these days. Ten, there it is, 10, 9, 8, 7. And that's when, it, they, if they're not done, they better get fired up and speak really fast because it will be over at the end of 10 seconds. And that's when all of you burst out in the applause and the shouting out. And, woo! and look, I've heard the messages, so y'all are in for a treat. It's going to be good. All right, so you ready to get started? Yeah. All right, so let's... Let's welcome, here's the crazy thing. These five people are amazing five people, some of my very best friends in the entire world. So I get to hear them, and I love the fact that we have senior pastors that realize people have communication gifts and want to give them that opportunity to speak. And the first one is a hashtag boss babe. I mean, that's what I like to say. She is such an inspiration. You know, when you look at her and her life and all the things that she does, it just makes me tired. I mean, you know, she, she not only is a shareholder at a major accounting firm and rocks that every single day. She has an awesome husband, Drew. She has two beautiful boys, and she makes it all look easy, and she owns it. And so look, Freedom House, if you will do me a favor and jump up to your feet and welcome the great Bobby Joel Lazarus! Thank you, Mike. I'm glad it looks easy on the other side because for the next five minutes, I'm going to tell you what it really looks like on the inside. So it was just over a year ago in August of 2017 when I received the phone call. It was the week of my 34th birthday when I received this call. It was the call that everything had led up to 12 years into my career, and I had been working from this, for this for, since day one. Every late night studying, every tear shed in frustration, every shriek of victory, 
when a complicated transaction finally reconciled. Every time this small town girl from New Hampshire walked into a room, 100% faking my confidence, so sure that somebody was going to call me out and tell me that I wasn't meant to be there. Every one of those moments led up to that phone call. Congratulations, Bobby Joe. Our executive committee has approved you for shareholder. But you see, I expected that call because I had worked dang hard. And that confidence that I used to fake, that had turned into real confidence. So I knew that I had nailed my interviews with our executive committee. But what I didn't expect was the call that came two days later. Bobby Joe, we have decided to consolidate our real estate and construction practice, and we would like you to lead it. And my voice responded, yes, but my entire body was screaming, no way, girl. You have no idea what you're getting into. So fast forward a year. We had a great year, and I wish I could stand here and tell you that it was because of my leadership. But the reality is, we have an incredible team, we have incredible clients, and that's why we had a great year. Because I, I spent most of my year not sure if I was swimming closer to the surface or deeper down. I just kept swimming. There were days where I would literally spin in my chair at work, so overwhelmed that I didn't know what to pick up next. And when you're there, when you're in that space, you start to question things. Is this really worth it? Should I be doing this? Am I the right person for this? And you forget to lean into your faith. Because it finally dawned on me that God created me as stubborn as I am for a reason, but he knows how he created me and he knows how I hear him. So he knows that if I'm not walking in his path, if I need to make a change, he will have to come so boldly into my heart that it's not even a question it's just the next step to take. And when I realized that and realized he hadn't done that, I doubled down. I got a business coach. And when I started feeling physical signs of anxiety, I got a therapist. But even with all that, I still couldn't find my spark. I had lost my cape. It's that superwoman cape. It's that thing that gives you grit. It's the thing that lights you on fire when somebody tells you you can't do something. And it allows you to respond back with, watch me do it. And I'll do it in heels. I had lost me. And then a few weeks ago, when I was driving back from Charleston, and I was listening to a podcast by Rachel Hollis, which, ladies, if you write nothing else down in these five minutes... Please write now on the name Rachel Hollis. She is absolutely incredible. She does it with faith. She is my inspiration crush right now. Write down her name. So I'm in the car and I'm listening to her podcast and I hear her say this. And I swear to you, God spoke straight through her to me when she said it. She said, when your success surpasses your vision... It is very easy to self-sabotage to bring your reality back to your vision. Don't do it. Set your vision higher. Y'all, I heard this and about pulled the car over on the side of the road because you see, my vision was to make shareholder. My vision was not to make shareholder and become a firm leader all in the same week. And I had forgotten my faith. 
I forgot that God will walk us through the valley when there's personal growth that he needs for the next page in our story. But once we've had that growth, he will take us over the mountaintop. So I'm standing here in front of all of you and I am closing out 2018 and I'm thankful for the lessons I've learned and the growth that I've had. But I am walking into 2019 fully expectant of everything he has in store. Now that's how you start a five on five, y'all. Come on. I am fired up. I mean, look here, the Bible clearly says where there is no vision, the people perish. What's your vision? Do you have it? Do you know it? Do other people know it? Have you told other people about it? And what I mean by that, for your marriage, for your health, for your job, for your finances, what's your vision? Because where there is no vision, the people perish. Loved it, Bobby Joe. Unbelievable. All right, so next up, we have another great friend of mine, J.P. Williams, another successful, successful corporate technician engineer. He does stuff that I have no idea what he does. He just does it with computers, and he's like, oh, it's easy. I just did this, and, you know, whatever. I can't do it. Not only that, he has a beautiful wife, Lindsay. They're such great friends of ours. They have three beautiful children. And look, I'm so fired up he's going to be here. Great testimony. Everybody up on your feet for J.P. Williams! Thanks, guys. I need that guy to follow me around. Well, uh, I'm really excited to be here. And uh, a couple of fun facts I'm going to start out with is uh, I'm actually from here. How many of you guys just by show of hand are actually from this area. All right. A lot of sad Panthers fans in the house. You guys pray for us. We need a quarterback. Uh, another fun fact is I actually grew up in church. So that brings me to when I was six years old. And when I was six, I accepted Christ into my life. And by the time I was eight, I started stealing items. First of all, it was just little items from friends. Then it was larger items from department stores. When I was 10, I saw my first pornographic magazine. When I was 13, I had my first introduction to drugs. When I was 14, I had my first sexual encounter. When I was 15, I started drinking alcohol at first just for fun and then heavily on the weekends. And shortly after that, I lost my virginity after drinking a half case of beer to a girl whose name I don't even know and who wasn't even my girlfriend. And after that, there was a series of events that happened, a combination of all of those over and over, until I came to a day of reckoning, kind of a collision with Christ, if you will. And unfortunately today, I don't have time to tell that story, but what I do want to tell you is how I ended up where I did. And so if you remember, I said when I was six years old, I accepted Christ into my life. And then all of those things happened. Guys, my, my mom and my dad are really strong Christians. I was at church more than the pastors were, I swear. Every time the doors were open, we were there, and all those things happened. So how does that happen? Well, I think what happened to me happens to a lot of people that grew up in church. You simply take worldly behaviors, and you normalize them into your own life. And I become Christian-ish. And if there's nothing else that you guys write down or take down from my chat up here, I want you guys to remember this. Results 
never come from ish. I want you guys to repeat that with me. Results never come from ish. And maybe you can't relate to me with my story of what you went through or what I went through, but maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're eating healthy-ish or working out-ish and you're not seeing the results you want to in your physical life. Maybe you have relationships-ish or forgiveness-ish and you're not seeing results you want to in your friendships. Maybe you're tithing-ish, you're praying-ish, you're serving-ish, you're trusting God-ish and you're not seeing the results you want to in your spiritual life. And if you're my kids, you're taking a shower-ish. <laughs> so no matter if your spiritual parts stink or your special parts stink, God does not call us to be-ish. Jump with me to Matthew 22, 36 and 37. It says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, I need you guys to help me with this. Love the Lord God with, what does it say? All your heart and with all your soul and with all your might, mind. Let's jump over to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Guys, you can't be all and ish at the same time. Let's see what the Bible says about that. In Revelation 3.16, it says, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God, that's, that's God talking right there. So maybe today you're struggling with a diagnosis. Maybe it's a kid that's grown away from the faith. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Or your financial future is unstable. Or you just need your kids to take a freaking bath. <laughs> so whatever your ish may be, God wants your all. Give it to him. Thank you. I told you. <laughs> we got three more that are just as good, y'all. Unbelievable. Anybody seen the, the play Hamilton? There, there's, a, there's a part in there that says, if you stand for nothing, then what will you fall for? And I think it's, it's important because I don't know about you, but I want people to know what I stand for. And I want, I want to make it abundantly clear of what I stand for. And I don't want to live my life as an ish. Or just something to fit in. Look, I, I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way, a truth, or a life. I am the way. Don't live our lives ish. Let's go 100% all in. JP, love it, brother. <laughs> love it. Woo! Come on, man. I'm getting more fired up as we go. All right. We have got another boss babe coming to the stage here today. I mean, she's a life coach. She's a mom. She makes, once again, makes it all look easy. I don't know how they do it. I've got four kids, and it doesn't look easy. I can tell you that. So, look, another great message. Everybody stand to your feet and welcome this amazing woman, Natasha Hemingway.
coming home. It was long overdue, and I was desperately trying to get there, but I had lost my way because there was a disconnect in my GPS. The Wi-Fi signal had grown significantly weak, which meant I wasn't receiving downloads in regards to which direction I should go. It had gotten to the point that the signal was completely lost, and it wasn't giving me any directions anymore. So I went about guessing the route of my own. So I would take this turn and take that turn, simply guessing the all-too-familiar route. But the more turns I took, the more lost I got, the more off track I got. Even though home was extremely familiar to me, I simply couldn't figure out how to get there. My soul knew I needed to get back there quick. But the problem was, I didn't know how to get there. Bottom line was, I had lost my way, and I was so far gone that I simply, simply couldn't figure it out on my own. So I knew I needed to stop, surrender to the fact that I was lost, and ask for help. So you're probably thinking at this point that I was physically driving a car to an actual home and that my GPS on my phone had a weak signal and then got to the point where it was completely lost and then therefore I was lost. But actually what I'm referring to is my GPS, which is God's positioning system. And the Wi-Fi signal, which is hearing God's voice, to ensure that I received his directions. And the home that I was trying to get to was back to a relationship with him. Back in November 2016 is when this journey of surrender began. See, for my personality, <laughs> surrender just doesn't quite fit. Okay, let me be honest, it doesn't fit at all. But I'm what I consider a recovering type A perfectionist that's always in recovery mode. Always. So you can imagine when I completely lost my Wi-Fi signal in 2016 and God spoke the word surrender over me, it really wasn't easy to receive. The second word that dropped in my spirit after surrender was obey. Because see, it's not just enough to surrender to God's will, but we have to be willing to obey. Or in other words, walk it out and put your faith into action. I'll never forget feeling completely lost in 2016 when I told one of my God girlfriends that I didn't know what to do after being pushed out of my 16-year career in medical device sales. I had an amazing salary. I'd just gotten promoted. I was the only African-American female senior territory sales manager across the entire country. So when I got pushed out of this job, we decided to take a huge leap of faith. And thanks to my husband, who had faith in me, even when I didn't have it for myself, encouraged me to, take, to pursue my passion for a year to see if I could grow it into a full-time income. After being nine months in, you guys, crickets. Basically, it was very minimal growth. And I was panicking at the thought of going back into medical device sales. I remember this friend challenging me and asking me, are you playing God that small? just because this big leap of faith that you took isn't working out? And I said to her, well, if you're asking me, I'm gonna be honest, and so yes, I am. <laughs> and then she asked me a second question. She said, okay, so do you think the only thing that God put you here on this earth for was to be a medical device sales rep and a health coach? And I said, no. 
Then she challenged me and said, now go pray about it. And then I had to listen to God's voice. I'll never forget driving home. And even though the Wi-Fi signal was weak, it came back on. And the two words that I received were surrender and obey. See, at this point in the journey, the route back home was rocky, had some rough terrain, which caused me to have to switch gears to go up certain hills. It was so worth it because it brought me peace and I discovered what it meant to have the joy of the Lord. Even when the route may be rough and you feel lost. See, he already has the directions mapped out. So all we need to do is keep the Wi-Fi signal strong by constantly listening and seeking his voice. He will never just lay out all the directions, so we don't need him. Just like a GPS, he gives you them in a step-by-step format so that you're constantly listening and trusting him for what next turn to take and when to do it. So as long as your GPS is connected and your Wi-Fi signal is strong, that's what's important. The problem arises when there's no service, no connection, and you can't download the directions. So stay connected. Come on, somebody. You know, it's, it's crazy because if we have a very real enemy that... Uh, that if he can't get you to act the way you want to, that he wants you to, then um, he'll make you busy. He'll, he'll put all the distractions and everything in your way so you don't listen to him. And, and, and then you figure out when you're off track and you, got, you realize, why is my life off track? And then at that point in time, you go, I'm not listening to my GPS. I'm not speaking to God. I mean, look, the Bible tells us pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean go lock yourself in a closet. It just says talk to him. Talk to him at all points in the time. He wants to be there, and he's right there. And that's the beautiful thing that she said is that when she talked, he was there. He listened. He's always there. All we have to do is invite him in. Loved it, Natasha. Unbelievable. All right, so this is a tough one for me here. <laughs> I'm not going to get emotional, but this is, uh, this is one of my best friends in the entire world. I've seen him on this journey for four years ago come into this place and just his life is just so unbelievable and I've seen his faith grow and his journey grow and he and his wife are are two of our very closest friends. And and look, if there is one word that would describe this this man of God, it's, it's serve. And he is displaying the greatest characteristic of leadership. The one that Jesus did was that he came to serve. And, and it, look, that's the one word that describes him. And he's such a leader. He works for uh, the CMPD. He's a lieutenant with them. And look, I'm just so fired up that he's up here today. And you got, you got a treat. So let's welcome Mr. Brad Koch. <laughs> Right. Uh, so my beautiful wife, Lisa, and I walked into Freedom House for the very first time four years ago this weekend, actually this day. And we sat toward the back over there, kind of behind the black curtain, hoping no one would notice us. Well, little did we know that one of our best friends, Mike Griffin, would be hosting this very series and walked up and down those stairs right over there, noticed us sitting, noticed us sitting in the back. We really didn't tell him or anyone else we were coming because we weren't quite sure. We were just dipping our toe in the water, so to speak. You see, I spent my Sundays growing up on the golf course. I was one of those Easter and Christmas Eve goers. 
but I only went on Easter if the weather wasn't nice enough for golf. <laughs> I moved down here 23 years ago from Michigan and shortly thereafter joined the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department. I never really felt the urge to attend church until I met my Lisa in 2011. Between us, Lisa and I have a blended family of four beautiful teenage kids, and I always thought it was important for the kids to hear God's word, but it took a long time for me to finally listen to God in my life. The crazy part is that God had been working on both Lisa and myself. We just didn't realize it until that Saturday afternoon four years ago when we both almost simultaneously said that we should go to, we should go to church. We love the community of Freedom House and the sense of belonging, the sense of home. The crazy part of life is that God is never wrong in his timing. You see, God is never wrong. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I grew up the oldest of four boys. God help my mother. My brother David is two and a half years younger, and then my twin brothers, Donald and Bob, are six years younger. Now, my life forever changed one early October morning in 2015 when I received a group text from David to Donald, Bob, and myself. He wanted to have a brother's conference call. Now, this was a first for me, and I really had no idea what to expect. But I will never forget where I was when David told us that evening that he had a stage 4 brain tumor. The cancer, called a glioblastoma, would ravage his body, but never his mind. You see, God is never wrong. Work was gracious and understanding, and I spent a better part of the next two years helping to take care of David. He has a beautiful wife and three young kids, so I jumped right in and helped out. I would fly up to Connecticut, where he lived, and then drive him up to Boston for his doctor's appointments. Now, he was going every two weeks, so we got to spend a lot of time together. And during that time, I spent a great deal of it talking to David about God and the need for him to accept Jesus as his Savior. On November 30th, the last year, at about 2.30 in the morning, David lost his battle. He fought valiantly for over 750 days. You see, during this time, I, I sat where you are, and I was so angry at God. In fact, there were, there were times I didn't even want to come to church. I wasn't understanding God's plan. But the incredible part of the journey over the past three years is I've learned that God is never wrong. Have you ever been mad at God? Have you ever been so frustrated and searching for answers that you just wanted to scream? You know what? That's okay. It's okay to be angry at God. He understands and still loves you unconditionally. You see, God is always right. His timing is impeccable. Think about the what-ifs in my story. What if Mike hadn't been up on the platform four years ago? What if I hadn't been coming here when David was diagnosed? What if I had not had the opportunity to speak God's word into David and he hadn't opened up his heart to Jesus? You see, David may be gone from here on earth, but I know he's pain-free and smiling down on us. Life can throw you all sorts of curveballs, all sorts of shade. No matter what you have going on in your life, make sure you always come home. I thank God every day for my beautiful wife, my amazing children, my strong and supportive family and friends, and my incredible church. Now I realize, looking back on this weekend four years ago, that it was not an accident. You see, God is never wrong. 
Because I found my home here four years ago, I know for sure that someday David will be able to say to me, welcome home. I'm going to have to cowboy up after that. Hey, repeat after me. God is never wrong. God is never wrong. Say, I used to believe in accidents. I don't anymore. God has a plan for every single one of us. We may not understand what that plan is, but God is never wrong. And although we don't understand that plan right now, we will one day. And I just think back about that story and just think about the miracles that have happened and look if you're here today and for some reason you don't know why you're here it's not by accident it's not by accident it's part of God's plan for your life because God is never wrong Woo! come on all right I need to break dance or something <laughs> all right look hey we we got a good one at the end, too. Another great friend of mine, he and his beautiful wife, Heather, have three awesome children who have done the five-on-five five and knocked it out of the park. So I don't want to say they set the bar really high, but, dude, they did. I mean, like, really, really high. Uh, <laughs> so you get to follow that, my man. So this better be good. I'm just saying. <laughs> it will be. Look. One of my great friends, he, he's, he serves up here every single weekend. You see him praising God, singing. His kids and his wife are serving all over the church. He's just such a mighty man of God with unbelievable faith. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the platform Mr. Michael Martin. Hello. <laughs> All right, so for the past month, we've been on a series, Home for Christmas. And you may be wanting to hear some, some juicy story of, of my journey back home. You know, I, I don't have any uh, testimonies of, of being addicted to drugs or uh, being in a gang or maybe being shot at in a club. I don't have any crazy stories like that. So I hate to disappoint you if you're here waiting and, and expecting to hear some type of story like that. And I have to be honest and transparent with you. The, the, the main reason why I don't have a story like that is because I was afraid of my mama. <laughs> you see, I had one of them mamas that were borderline child abuse when they gave you a whooping. See, my mama gave me what I call one of them syllable whoopings, where every lick was with a syllable. Didn't I tell you? How many, of you can, how many of you can identify with that? <laughs> so my journey to coming back home started actually 22 years ago at the age of 16, and that's when I gave my heart to the Lord. And I remember to this day, uh, a friend of mine invited me to come see these people called the Power Team. So I went to a Power Team crusade, and I saw these guys lifting telephone poles and breaking bricks with their head and just tearing telephone books and all these crazy things. At the end of that, they gave an invitation to accept Jesus. And I went forward, and I accepted Jesus as my Lord at that time. And that decision forever changed the course of my life and my generations to come. So even though I don't have any outward expression of dysfunction, 
I had plenty of inward issues that those who saw me never knew that I was dealing with. See, what many of you don't know, and, and something I hid for many years, was that from the age of 10 to 13, I was being sexually abused. I was being molested by a family member. And ironically, that, that abuse started during this time of the year. I remember Christmas Eve us being over at my grandmother's house. And I had, you know, we were waking up for Christmas morning at her house. And I had the honor of being in a bed with this family member who touched me in inappropriate ways. And maybe you were here and you can identify with this. And so that night started, a three, started three years of abuse. And I remember uh, leaving West Virginia, where we were from, and, and coming to North Carolina. And I, and I was so excited because I knew I didn't have to deal with that any longer. But that excitement soon ended because that same family member moved to North Carolina and, in fact, was living with us. And the abuse continued. So during the age that many are developing their identity and discovering who they are, my identity was being messed with by the enemy. And I remember being so confused and not really sure of who I was. So what I've discovered over the last 22 years of, of being a believer is how much the enemy is after our identity. He doesn't necessarily care that you go to church or that you pray occasionally or that you read your Bible occasionally. He doesn't want you to become an effective believer. He doesn't want you to know who you are in Christ. The enemy knows that if he can keep you, point number one, write this down. The enemy knows that if he can keep you from knowing your identity in Christ and what you have been given, that he can also keep you from fulfilling your purpose and your destiny. So part of my journey of coming back home was that God restored my identity. He showed me that I'm a, that I'm a new creation. He, I found out that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I found out that there's nothing that can separate me from his love and that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Statistics say that one in ten children will be sexually abused before the age of 18, and 90% of child sexual abuse victims know their abuser. One of the main tools that the enemy uses against those that are sexually abused is shame, fear, and isolation. He wants to keep, you, keep the abuse a secret and make you believe that it's your fault and for some of you that you even wanted it to happen. And for me, I really didn't start healing until I told someone. I had to tell someone and connect with others in community. And many of you who are here who know me would never know that I have experienced something like that. And really, it's a testimony to the goodness of God. See, I believe that you don't have to look like what you went through. Amen. I believe that you don't have to smell like what you went through. See, I made a decision a long time ago that I refuse to be defined by what happened to me. I refuse to be a victim because Jesus has made me a victor. So as I conclude, I challenge you to hook up into this community here at Freedom House and find you somebody to talk to. Find a trusted friend or a family member that you can let know what happens. Point number two, freedom comes when the enemy is exposed. So let's shed light on the enemy. Let's shed light on those skeletons, those places, those, those crooked places. God wants to come in and make those crooked places straight. So let's shed light on those areas. So, Father, I just declare over 
this place. I declare over those that are here that may be dealing with what I'm talking about. Maybe you have experienced this in your life. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, Michael, I can identify with what you're talking about. I was also abused. I was also domestically abused. Maybe, you were, maybe some things were said over you that were not in line with the word. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you were touched inappropriately and you've kind of hid that thing back in the closet. You've not told anyone about it. And the enemy has used shame, he's used fear, he's used guilt to keep you from telling someone. I just declare over you right now in Jesus' name, I declare that that same fear that kept me from telling someone, I declare that that fear is broken off of you. I declare that the shame is broken off of you. That shame that, that, that is concerned about what people may think about you, that shame, I declare it broken off of you. The isolation try to keep you isolated. We break it off in Jesus' name. We declare that you are free indeed. You are free indeed. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus, that was the first step of me starting my journey. And that's, a, that's the very first step for you. If you're here tonight and, and, and you've, you've been challenged in one of these areas that I just spoke on, the first step is that you've got to accept Jesus. If you don't accept Jesus, he can't bring healing. He is the healer. He is the balm of Gilead. And he desires for you to be whole. He desires for you to experience the new life, that same new life that he gave me. He, ex he desires for you to experience that same life. So if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. He wants to be the Lord of your life. So while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. If you're here and you, and you want to take that first step, I want you to raise your hand. Take the first step. Don't let the enemy stop you. Take the first step. I see that hand over there. I see that hand. Come on, don't let the enemy stop you. Thank you, Jesus. If you would, all of us, if you would just repeat after me. Say, God in heaven. I receive you. I want to take the first step. I welcome you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I want all that you have for me. I thank you that you have paid the price for my healing for my deliverance, for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, shout unto the Lord. 
Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.